authors, editors, publishers, book cover designers, agents, critics, readers. A whole lot of professionals come together for a book. We are going to explore the world of books in our unique podcast show called Book Lounge. Book Lounge is brought to you by iCafe Podcasts, born with a collaboration between Tell Me Your Story and Zero Hour Entertainment. I am your host, Koral Dasgupta, all set to ask some interesting, straightforward and fun questions to our guests. Today, I'm sitting with Proshan Chatterjee, who is the editorial director of uh, Pan Macmillan. Proshan, welcome to Book Lounge. Thank you, Koral. So, uh, Proshan, if I'll get on to the questions directly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Something that, uh, you know, before I did this, I spoke to a lot of people that uh, I will be talking to a publisher and what are the few questions that you want me to ask? And there are some questions that has come up and a few of these are probably crowdsourced questions, which mm. uh, whatever you say will be, I mean, will be That's really and- good to know uh, because if we have, uh, you know, questions from uh, several people, they come yeah. in from all directions and it's very interesting to engage with them. So thank you for giving me this opportunity and it's wonderful yeah, because, to... Uh, at times, the questions that they want to ask is not something that they can ask you directly. Right. So they want to ask it to you <laughs> from, a, from a mask or yes. from, some, from behind a curtain. So right. I think this will be a good uh, way to do that. Sure, sure. I'll try so, to respond as effectively as possible. Thank you, sir. So, Prashant, books are an emotion as much as it is business, of course. I mean, when you run a publishing house, it's business. But then books are a very big emotion. So, uh, as an editorial director, you perhaps work on multiple titles simultaneously because such is the need of business. I mean, uh, that is something we often hear from everybody, every uh, publishing house that we engage with or talk to. Now, uh, how do you still remain emotionally attached to the titles when you are talking numbers? Uh, Koral, I would absolutely agree with you that uh, books are as much about business as about passion. Mm -hmm. We are uh, associated with this industry uh, because of that, because we look at books in a certain way. We are fond of books, and that is why we chose this as our profession. And uh, on the other hand, we have to keep track of the business and bring out a certain number of books each year. Uh, And I will uh, explain. These two are actually intricately linked. Um, You you know, you cannot follow your passion till you make it viable in the form of a business or a profession, uh, because that's the uh, most amount of time you uh, give these days to uh, doing something. Mm-hmm. So so the ideal is to actually bridge the two, combine the two, and work towards a good uh, sort of combination of both aspects. Mm-hmm. In our uh, publishing house, we plan and divide the release of our books equally across the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives us, um, gives me and my team uh, a good amount of time and um, to be able to devote attention to our authors, to our books. We function in that manner. We function in a personalized manner in Pan Macmillan. So Mm -hmm. for us, our uh, books and our authors are very close to us. We almost uh, interact with them on an everyday basis. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's business is intricately linked to that passion of uh, you know picking up a book uh, 
and and when we uh, when we uh, uh, you know pick up a book and these days like you said we have to uh, work on multiple levels and not just look at the editorial aspects but also promotions and sales mm. of a book uh, and that's how to make a book successful or an author give the author their due mm. so while we try to create a reasonable framework it is ultimately about the emotion related to each book we publish so each title that i or my team members acquire and work on is carefully thought about discussed and selected mm. so ultimately we acquire or commission a book based on what we feel passionate about mm. and if we discuss the selection process separately of our books it will become clearer mm. so there's a lot of thought which um, also includes your publishing vision as mm. to where you want to in the future take your publishing program mm. and um, all our efforts every day and through a year and two years and three years are building blocks into that vision mm. so if as editors we are able to convey our enthusiasm to our colleagues in marketing and sales yeah. it leads to in turn a lot of energy and enthusiasm about the books in the market and the chances of the success of a book become higher so for us at pan macmillan therefore every book is a huge emotional attachment yeah. and we like to talk and take up our books in that manner so uh, so it's all intricately linked as i tried to indicate so there is a there is a, a method of going about it but uh, business has to be done passionately only then it can become successful that's our motto right so uh, my next question comes from what you just said that uh, i want to ask you very bluntly that how much does the merit of a of a particular manuscript Uh, make sense in the selection of a manuscript vis-a-vis the sales potential of the author uh let me first sort of explain uh you know there there is a notion of uh, rejection of a manuscript which mm. i don't exactly agree with see we we regret uh, not being able to take mm. take up uh, certain works mm. so so it is we are not looking to reject any piece of writing by any author mm. so it is not uh, about the merit of the work or the author always mm. um it is mostly about the parameters of a publishing house so mm. like i said our publishing vision would be of a certain kind so mm. we would want to sort of focus on certain areas we would want uh, because we are a commercial publishing house we would want to publish where we uh, find that enthusiasm uh, both in terms of their emotion and in terms of their business sense from our marketing and sales colleagues so um, so and also when i'm talking about a publishing program a publishing vision it is longer term so uh, you know that you are good at um, selling or promoting certain kinds of books you know that you would do well over there so often it becomes the author and their work becomes a fit in the publishing program mm. and 
you will see that uh, mostly when uh, publishers go by a certain thought, they also uh, sort of rally um, all their energies, their uh, related departments, everything towards those, uh, you know, uh, books. So to be in sync in every aspect and publishing is about many, many aspects, not just the editorial, not just promotions, mm. uh, also producing it and being able to produce it, uh, produce a book, reprint it in an effective manner. Mm. So, uh, so those uh, decisions, those uh, business de decisions drive um, picking up a book. And uh, related to that, like I indicated, is passion. So, uh, so it's not really um, always the merit of a uh, manuscript. Which uh, I mean, qu quality is something which we would always uh, be uh, attentive not about. And, yeah, but um, th that's not always just the factor on which uh, it hinges. Yeah. So, Does you know, next time I was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was about to ask you about publishing schedule. So, so I would uh, distinguish between the publishing schedule uh, and uh, a publishing program and publishing vision, mm -hmm. because the publishing schedule shows you the annual vision. Uh, yeah. A publishing program or a vision is a longer term goal. Okay. So there are shorter term goals that publishers have and there are longer term goals. Hmm. The shorter term goals need to fit in into the longer term goals. Hmm. So uh, the publishing schedule is um, the monthly calendar of releases. Hmm. We usually have the books lined up through our acquisition from a year or two years earlier. Hmm. And um, it follows a pattern of the number of fiction and non-fiction we want to publish in a year in certain areas. Mm -hmm. The plan also defines the total number of books and revenues we are aiming at. Mm -hmm. uh, so it gives all our functions from production to marketing and sales with a sense of the quantity to handle in a year. So this is the short term plan and mm -hmm. it effectively sort of logs into the longer term publishing vision of a publishing house, which I indicated towards in terms of sort of selecting uh, a manuscript because some uh, or, or working with an author, because sometimes, uh, you know, and uh, this happens to me all the time because I believe a lot in direct commissioning. Hmm. So, so where I go to the authors and I ask for a certain um, sort of uh, idea. If they idea are, to I, be. Huh. Yeah. So, so that does not happen within a year. So uh, that uh, matures over uh, two years, sometimes even three years. Mm -hmm. So that is the uh, vision towards you where you want to take your publishing. So that's the kind of difference that I wanted to indicate. Okay. Now, uh, from what you said, one thing that I think the authors would uh, want to know or our audience would love to know that, for example, Every publication house, I understand, most of them would have a similar publishing program or a publishing schedule devised out, right? Based yeah. on the goal of which they are moving. Right. Now, do you advise that in, instead of blind submission to every publisher, the authors should rather 
take some pain to understand that what is the publishing vision or what is the publishing program of a particular publisher before making the uh, necessary submission so that the probability of them hitting the bullseye is far higher than none yes and no because uh, you know if you if you filter it too much uh, mm-hmm. you because it's it's one thing and uh, it's one thing being inside a publishing house it's one thing being outside it so mm-hmm. however much i explain to you uh, what is required it mm-hmm. it might or might not be uh, on the mark it's mm-hmm. it's also uh, you know the selection of a manuscript is also a collective decision so which i'll elaborate on later but uh, but there's this thing about understanding publishing houses almost overall vision mm-hmm. that is i think you will find that uh, uh on the website explained um in some document in on some page clearly um but one should also take their chances that's what i'm saying oh. that uh, you know there are literary agents sometimes who send certain kinds of things to us but mm. we at times find when we discuss with them we find something else which would be of our interest mm. so so it i mean a certain level of neatness in submission a certain level of uh, sort of directing it targeting it in a certain manner is necessary but um, not always a sort of think that a certain publisher only publishes mythology or a certain publisher only publishes uh, you know uh, serious non fiction of a certain kind so those distinctions um, people outside might not always uh, be able to sort of uh, gather very clearly because it depends on various parameters from uh, and and there are various parameters within the business side there are various parameters on the emotional side like i said mm-hmm. what an editor or um, people around them would become uh, you know uh, passionate about when they mm-hmm. look at it it's it's a very very subjective process as well so we can't always define it in those terms so i'll i'll um, request people to think about it in terms of a balance between how they put out their um, proposal mm-hmm. and also leave certain things to the situation as to how it arises because mm-hmm. the editors would perhaps not ha- not have envisioned certain things the um the publishing houses overall vision might not have uh, defined a certain thing but which becomes interesting for them mm-hmm. so yes uh, either ways there there has to be a balance between the two aspects of it so i understand from what you say that in all the things that uh, that are considered towards accepting a manuscript the main uh, thing that actually makes sense or pr- probably if i may say that that hit hits the bullseye is something about uh, the author's vision behind the book and uh, how that gels in the overall publishing program is that correct yes yes very aptly put correct uh, yeah i mean more than the merit of the manuscript or more than the selling potential of the author it's about how the author is looking at it in the long run 
it's yeah. also a combination because those things come into play as soon as you are able to sway the, yeah. yeah you are able to sway uh, the author's vision is able to sway the editor or uh, the marketer or the sales uh, people mm-hmm. uh, that also comes into play as soon as that so they start looking at uh, uh, right. prashant uh, i wanted to ask you next that what are imprints and why are imprints required i mean uh, for example pan macmillan you have many imprints why were they required because pan itself is uh, pan macmillan itself is uh, producing a lot of uh, books on a lot of different genres it's not genre specific yeah so uh, you will see that almost all commercial publishing houses have yes. uh, imprints. imprints and yeah. so on the one hand the history of imprints is very different i'll not go into it in detail but um, pan uh, for example was always uh, you know it came into being as a uh, as a publishing um, uh, imprint which was about um, uh cheaper paperbacks for everyone whereas uh, picador is a high literary imprint where mm. um, you know you focus on uh, very strong uh, narrative and a certain uh, sort of quality of um, expression uh, so uh, whereas pan is about uh, really commercial thrillers and for the very wider audience a sort of mythology um, thrillers crime fiction all of that so um, you can say that pan is the out and out commercial imprint that we mm. have whereas picador india is mm, a sort of a, a brand where it's a little more premium but it also focuses on uh, narrative quality on um, a certain kind of expression so it's a little more selective in that manner and mm-hmm. then we have the really heritage uh, imprint in india uh, macmillan yeah, mm-hmm. so which is uh, our core essentially in many ways so uh, very meticulous research and thorough coverage of an area and where there is a huge social impact those are placed in macmillan but essentially all our macmillan books um, would be in hardback and then when they become paperback they will become pan books okay um, whereas picador uh, india exists in both hardback and paperback so these are slight sort of targeted strategies you can say used by publishers to um, address a certain kind of audience also give them the feeler that a certain kind of uh, you know to expect a certain kind of content or story from the imprint uh, so it is actually organizing your publishing uh, mm-hmm. in several ways so if i were to place a sort of a high literary uh, book in pan it might mm-hmm. not work because uh, with pan we we are actually looking at uh, things like jeffrey archer and david baldacci and mm-hmm. uh, daniel steel so that's pan so um, i mean it's the same with other publishers as well so yes. they they are trying to organize within their huge sort of diversity variety of uh, you know publishing they are mm-hmm. trying to organize and tell the readers that um, and and for example i am a sort of a reader or there are many readers i think most readers would be like that 
who mm. would sometimes want to read something which is racy and which uh, you know gives them a very tightly knit uh, story very contemporary and commercial so they would look for a book in that imprint for that whereas at certain times you would really want to read a nobel laureate's work you know mm-hmm. that's you know you look for an imprint for that and the price points and everything the format in which it appears it 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 uh, varies accordingly so okay. it gives a certain organization to the books that a publisher is doing yeah okay so uh, especially in pan nakmilan i find that most all the imprints at least in india is managed by the same uh, core team is that correct or yes yes because many for many publishers i have seen that uh, imprints are managed by completely different teams yes. and here the imprints are managed by the same team yes yes so uh, that's again something uh, which i uh, sort of go by i mm. think that um, while you specialize in certain things when you mm. are publishing for the general reader mm. uh, one should not be very limited in the way that one approaches publishing mm. so uh, when i go about uh, looking at uh, proposals or go about talking to people uh, prospective authors um, it's an it's often an instant personal connect Mm. with the proposal with the author with the their works and i can't transfer that to anyone else mm. same with my team members and yeah. um and that's why it's it's i i think it's uh, good to while publishing for a wider audience it's good to um, sort of broad base yourself to think about uh, different ways in which uh, you know there is, there could be an interest uh, in the readers about reading something and then uh, sort of uh, sort of categorize it like i said in the imprints mm-hmm. so i i want that for my team members as well mm-hmm. i want them to grow uh, in a wholesome manner because um, Uh, it's good many uh, publishers in europe in the uk even here they uh, organize themselves in terms of a certain imprint they are looking for books in that imprint in that manner they specialize in that but um, i think the fun of uh, you know publishing in uh, uh, commercial publishing and publishing for the general readers mm. is when you are thinking about and working through various kinds of books mm. and various kind you are interacting with various kinds of authors that's why um, uh, uh, you know the literature festivals are there there on the one hand you are looking at a very commercial book uh, and author and mm. uh, the next session would be something which is uh, really of contemporary urgence so it it provides every editor with that right mix where where they are connected to readers they under they begin understanding that 
this is my readership for this sort of a book and mm. they would never become removed from that mm. so and and they learn to place things accordingly and uh, the aspiration for a book also emerges in that manner so it it is a balanced outlook that i i would um, you know go for and no, you mean that the imprint is actually uh, organizing the readership Yes, and uh, it is. Uh, I mean, for map at least for you guys, it's uh, strategic but not competitive. Yes, yes, right? that's that's how I look at it. That's a, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to ask you that I actually, as I said, that a few people uh, I spoke to in the publishing space, and uh, some of them did tell me something which is really interesting. Mm. They feel that Pat Macmillan is for serious writers. Mm-hmm. So, would you like to tell us a few instances, or maybe a few books that you have published where Pan Macmillan has, uh, you know, worked mm-hmm. on something surprising its own team? Uh, let me first dispel the myth about uh, <laughs> Pan Macmillan being for serious writers. We are a commercial publisher, and if you look at it. Pan is considered globally as one of the most commercial imprints. So, um, you know, uh, we have uh, authors like uh, Jeffrey Archer, David Baldacci, Daniel Steele, and um, Ken Follett, and many others. In India as well, we, uh, you know, we would like to, and we have published, I'll tell you, um, publish in that manner when we are publishing in PAN. So I would say that we publish in all areas of general interest. We only insist on quality and uh, market viability of our books. So uh, the books uh, we do are not just serious ones in terms of their content or authors. For example, in India, we have published fun books like Feisty at 50 Mm -hmm. uh, by Sudha Menon. Or I have published a book called Road to Mekong, which is about four, um, you know, uh, middle-aged women picking up their bikes, uh, Bajaj Dominar bikes, and mm-hmm. sort of traveling 17,000 kilometers from Hyderabad to Mekong and back. Um, so so these are really fun books, and um, we think of them commercially. We do, uh, you know, detective and thriller uh, series. So there's a series that we have called Hari Majestic by Zach Oye, right. which has, uh, you know, over the years, which has grown. And it's kind of really nice. It's it's uh, a combination of various kinds of things, fun as well as um, sort of detective. And we do out and out thrillers. I've just published a wonderful thriller based uh, on Calcutta in the 1980s, it's called Ritual, and there's a lot of uh, murders and serial killing and uh, detectives going after them. So uh, completely commercial ventures. So our pan list um, exists for that, that imprint exists for that. And we would love to publish more and more um, uh, commercially and make them make them make authors and uh, books more and more successful in that arena. Uh, we want to entertain our readers and uh, definitely that's a focus area. Super. Prashant, tell me as the editorial director of an MNC publishing house, what are some of the challenges that you face about which the readers or the authors have no idea about? 
So, uh, as I said, I believe in balance and not just running after one thing. Uh, so, I think there's a scope to improve on the diversity of reading tastes in our country. The space of nonfiction is only developing now and we need to publish in new areas which are gaining a lot of traction such as popular science and books on environmental change and uh, many other areas where um, there's not enough attention but there could be a good potential readership. Uh, so that's one thing uh, where I think there's been a challenge uh, to uh, sort of uh, uh, convince people internally and externally, but I, I think uh, with time that diversity of reading uh, tastes will grow. Uh, related to this actually is the second problem I face and many other publishers I think also face. It is difficult to find authors and manuscripts which are of a certain quality. Yeah. Um, I say this because I spent a good decade in academic publishing. Yeah. There, that's not really the concern. Yeah. Um, the concern is to be able to uh, address a wider readership. But here, when we are addressing a wider readership, I also expect to go to the market with a certain quality. Yeah. So we get innumerable submissions, but we have to really sieve through for a well put out manuscript, which is a regular thing in every publishing house. Mm -hmm. And therefore there are literary agents, there are other uh, sort of filters. Mm -hmm. uh, though many people may write on a potentially marketable topic, either the research or the manner of writing often doesn't match the expectations from the work when we are acquiring it. So that's an area where I think along with the diversity in reading tastes, I would want, if not a specialist, but uh, something where a lot of thought has been put together, yeah. uh, uh, put, put in to uh, get together the manuscript um, in whichever area, even a very commercial area where uh, uh, I would publish. So, so that's a challenge really, I think. Um, and also the third uh, thing that comes to my mind is that we are also in an er era where we are seeing dipping print runs, um, except uh, dipping print runs of the usual books, except some star authors. And uh, there too, they need a lot of investment in terms of marketing. Mm. So. As a result, it is uh, becoming difficult, especially in investing in fiction all the time, except in very, very selected uh, cases and um, in certain areas in nonfiction as well. So fiction has been hit, I think, a lot by um, the current uh, scenario especially literary fiction, but also other kinds of fiction and um, certain areas of nonfiction, which uh, should be more in the minds of people like contemporary political scenarios, other things, they don't often find a resonance. So uh, I would actually want some of these areas to pick up, but that's really a challenge. Um, and uh, another point, which is not really related to publishing, it is yeah. about the editorial process. So mm -hmm. 
I think, uh, and this I have felt for a long time, there is a dearth of good copy editors in the industry mm-hmm. all across. We need to encourage more people with a knack for it uh, to mm-hmm. take up the vocation because copy editing is, um, it's it cannot always be defined. One has to mm-hmm. sort of, uh, one they has have, to have... Do they uh, need that skill inbuilt? Uh, yes, a, on, a, on large, a large part of it. A large part of it, but also on the other hand, uh, they mature over a period yeah. of time. So, so uh, a, a good copy editor needs to be told that they are doing well and uh, they should continue that vocation and they should uh, focus and give that sort of time to uh, uh, you know looking at manuscripts, changing them around, which. Um, we also in the publishing house as editors we try to do all the time but um, also uh, when there is a dedicated copy editor and we work with many copy editors um, it it makes a difference uh, mm-hmm. i think so so overall i would say and um, this is something which i sort of feel from all publishing houses all across that uh, good copy editors need to be identified and it's not always a matter of the uh, remuneration uh, mm. the monetary aspect of it it's the joy of turning around the manuscript mm. or sort of uh, fine tuning those aspects of it so that's that's a thing to look forward to that's a challenge to sort of address uh, and it'll make the publishing industry much better i think in the longer run you know my yeah. next question will steam from exactly what you said i mean when i was hearing you out i was remembering a lot of things and that is where this question comes from mm-hmm. uh where do you see the next generation of authors venturing into how does the author's relationship with the publishers evolve? And I ask this to you with a very uh, specific case in mind. Just a few days back, I was uh, on Twitter. I could see a lot of uh, authors talking about a Canadian poet mm-hmm. whose, uh, whose poetry, I mean, she's a very young girl, mm-hmm. and her poetry has a lot of uh, wrong spellings. Wrong spellings as in social media spellings. Right. The, Sentences are not construction constructed properly. Broken sentences, twisted sentences. I mean, something which is which a, a literature enthusiast would call a literary disaster. Mm. But then there were a group of people who were supporting her, saying that this is the language of the generation. I mean, you live in denial if you say that this is not acceptable. Mm. So, how do you see this relationship evolving, or uh, what is the next generation of authors venturing into, and how is the relationship moving? Uh, it's a difficult one because uh, <laughs> you obviously uh, sort of grow with certain editorial tastes. Yeah. But uh, when when you look around the way the world is changing, how much do you actually write on paper these days? How much do you use the electronic medium? What sort of time you are spending on Twitter or Facebook or WhatsApp? So ultimately... Uh, literature is also the expression of a certain feeling um, and a certain story that you have. And um, I think it, it should be a wider world where uh, people should be able to express themselves in a certain manner. We um, actually saw this in the 
in terms of academic uh, theory uh, while back with uh, you know literary criticism taking over the whole world and um, so the 90s and the early 2000s was all about that so uh, and and uh, uh, writers started writing using all caps gaps um, you know pauses of various kinds um, in their uh, works those are printed works today so who am i to say that um, you know uh, someone should not be expressing themselves in that manner yeah. if the if the editor and the publisher have thought it's apt to do so because uh, spellings also change over a period of time ways of expression change yeah. so it is i think um, something where a careful decision needs to be made by whoever is putting out a book so if i am trying to publish for a generation which understands this language mm. um and if i think that uh, the 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 there are takers for that uh, not just takers but mm. it tries to express something which okay. which it mm. can't do in in so if uh, instead of uh, do, uh, don't i uh, put it as do not i, I just a uh, example but the poet yeah, would yeah. done more more than that i'm pretty yeah. sure <laughs> i haven't looked at that instance but if there is a need for that then it needs to come out in that manner but it's a very uh, radical conscious decision that's what i'm saying yes true that prashant that was a really really a lot of pleasure talking to you i mean i had a lot of insights from you and i'm sure our listeners will really value this particular podcast thank you so much koral it was wonderful to talk to you and uh, sort of try to relate to the readers Yes I mean there are there yeah. were a lot of questions that needed to be addressed and you have beautifully in all elaborations yeah. done that I cannot be more thankful to you <laughs> <laughs> Thank you thank you it's a pleasure to explain things yeah. Thank you so much Thank you audience for listening to our show Book Lounge brought to you by iCafe Podcasts please do reach out to us with your thoughts and suggestions on hello at icafepodcasts.com Subscribe to www.icafepodcasts.com and you can also hear us on other audio apps. Stay tuned with us for Book Lounge. iCafe is brewing.